Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And we are definitely with the right two people today. <laughs> As we introduce you to the Village of the Valley team, we have Carla Yunus, who is a transformational coach. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for making time for us today. And Brandy Powell, founder and CEO. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I am very excited to extend our conversation after we had a phone, a preliminary phone meet and greet, I guess. And we have Bob Faby to thank for that introduction. Yeah. Love Bob Faby. Likewise. Doing I have good dignity work. Doing such good dignity work. And I have his book. He was kind enough to send me his book. I think you were expecting one shortly yeah. after we talked. Yeah. Do you have it Got yet? Got mine. Good. Yep. And it's on my nightstand. There's two books ahead of it. So, Bob, shout out. It's going gonna, it, it's, it's gonna to get read, and That's I'm right. super excited. That's right. Yes, so good. And how do you two, how you, you and Bob know each other? I can't remember. I was working at a church that Bob was a, a priest at, and so we got to know each other there. So good. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, good, good people, and he's been sending us some really incredible professionals and people who likewise are doing great work in the world, and you two are no different. So I would love for both of you or one of you to talk a little bit about what is Village of the Valley and who do you serve, and then we'll, we'll dive deeper. Well, Village of the Valley is a 501c3 nonprofit in Phoenix, and what we offer is a free 12-month program to any woman who has experienced any type of abuse. And what we do is provide them with access to a transformational coach that they spend six months with working hard every week uh, to get some mastery over their goals, those personal growth goals that they want to work on. And then we also give them access to support groups and workshops, all in an effort to create real tra- uh, change and transformation for them. Mm. A free year-long program. Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> Miracles. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's really extraordinary. We have a good, wonderful, actually a wonderful volunteer team that actually make it happen. And then we have some coaches who are kind enough to contract with us that will discount their fees. Uh, so we utilize that. And we also do a, try to do a ton of fundraising for our work. It, we're a small nonprofit, so that's a bit of a challenge, but we keep learning and growing and really developing a good strategic plan for that. Excellent. I want to hear how and why you founded this organization. But before I do, I want to hear from uh, Carla. You are a transformational coach. I am. (laughs) You're like, yes, I am. And how did you find out about Brandy and the organization? Can you tell us a little bit about how you landed here? I can. So I actually have a mutual friend um, that I met Brandy through. Long story, but quickly, obviously, recovering from my own trauma, went through counseling and other support groups and stuff, and met Brandy that way. Then heard that she was starting up Village of the Valley and thought that was like a good next step for me in my healing. So my first interaction with Village of the Valley was actually as a client. And then I went on for life coaching, you know, going to school for the life coaching 
And that's how I got involved with Soda Valley. So good. And I love that you said, obviously, I had my own trauma, I think is probably paraphrased. That's obvious to you and I, because we do this work. (laughs) It's not always obvious to everybody. And I've always said, I would never hire a coach or a guide or a mentor who hasn't done the work themselves. And there are a lot of people out there who, who may be good at what they do. And yet, if they haven't done the deep work that we've done and that we're talking about, I'm not sure that they would be the right person for me. So thank you for leading with that. (laughs) You're welcome. I didn't mean to, but... Yeah, yeah. Love it. How about you, Brandy? Why this Village of the Valley? Well, I'm a survivor of domestic violence and sexual assault. And it took me quite a bit of time before I realized that I needed to do a lot of healing work after going through those experiences. I mean, it wasn't until I had my first child. I think she was two. And I really just hit a wall and I could not emotionally really pull myself out of it. I ended up spending some time in a mental health facility. I had to do a ton of counseling, get meds. I mean, the whole thing to just reset life, to be able to really just re-enter it. And then once I did and I was stable, I was able to find some other support groups and organizations that were helping women heal. And I went through a program that, that really worked on that. And, and during that time, I really found that I had this passion in my heart to be with other women who were doing the same work that I was. And that's really what started everything. I mean, that was back in 2007. And I, I just have not been able to turn that passion kind of off. <laughs> Ten years into that healing journey, I realized I needed to start my own. I needed to take everything that I had learned and was continuing to learn and be able to offer it to other women. Now, I knew, I know that we cover a gap in services because there's services that help women that are in crisis. Uh, we don't do that. We help women who, once they're stable, are ready to do that hard work and heavy lifting of healing. Uh, we also don't limit the women that we offer our program to. So whether she's in Scottsdale or she's on the West Side, we help any woman uh, who needs it, no matter what their status is economically. Uh, And that makes us a little bit different because we aren't really limiting who will help. It just really, you know, as you were saying a moment ago about having to do your own work first, it's extremely true. You do. You can't take anybody where you haven't gone. With all of our coaches, it's the same kind of an idea. We've all done our healing work to be able to uh, go through our training program that we have at Votive, but then to also go on and then do their own coaching certification. I would also say that I don't think the work is ever done. Agree. agree? That is a <laughs> statement. Oh my gosh. I, I, as much work as I've done to eliminate triggers and get the shock out of my body and mm-hmm. heal my past and, you know, what to figure, the, figure out how this all functions here and all the way down to my toes, I, there are still things that show up for me. And at first glance, it's like, oh, what? How dare you? Or how dare this? Or why mm-hmm. me? And then when I, because I can use my skill set, mm-hmm. I can look and go, oh, it's another lesson. Yeah, I call it a whack-a-mole. You remember that game, that whack-a-mole? It's like as soon as you get one mole down, something pops up somewhere else. It's what it feels like sometimes. Yes. Yeah. There's another saying too, another growth opportunity with the F word in front of it, but yeah. we won't mention that one. I like whack-a-mole much better. So can you tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you to help usher these women through their healing journey? You don't have to mention names, of course, but if there's anybody that comes to mind, give us an idea of how you know that you've made a difference in their lives? What shows up for you? 
Um, you can just see it in their faces. Um, you can see it the way they carry themselves, their self-esteem. It's really interesting watching from like day one with a client to, you know, graduation day and seeing just all kinds of changes. Like I said, with their self-esteem, with their ability to make decisions and, and ability to see their self-worth, to set boundaries, all of these things. You can literally see them through their walk and watch the transition from day one till day graduation. And and given that you've had your own journey and actually came through as a client, I think that might have been the word that you used. What is that like for you personally and professionally to know now that you're giving back? It's always what I wanted to do I um, my whole life. I actually have a bachelor's degree in psychology, but learned at 25 that I was too close to the trauma at that time that I hadn't done my own healing. So I've known all along that I want to be able to help others, you know, um, and having gone through now, you know, all of the healing that I've been through, like the past, I don't know, six years or so, seven years. It's just, it's just a testament um, when I, I have the ability to look at these ladies and go, I, I know I've been there. Um, this program works and just see the growth. And it's like mama bear a little bit. Like there's always a mama bear in me, but it looks very different these days. Before it was like a little on the aggressive side, <laughs> protection mode. But now it's just like a warm, loving, you know, caring when you see the women's change. Incredible. And you had mentioned, Brandy, that um, you offer services all throughout Arizona. Mm-hmm. How do women come to find out about you guys? That was always my concern when I started this. I thought, you know, we've developed this really awesome program, but how do we get the word out? And it's been super organic and really grassroots. One woman tells another woman who tells another woman. Uh, we have lots of women who refer their family members and of course, friends, people find us on social media. I think it's just, they notice in each other a difference. And they ask, what, what's happening? What, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So we get a lot of phone calls like that. And my, you know, my, you, you totally helped my friend and I, I want that too. It's really neat. That's more proof, right, that our program works. It's to me one of the highest levels of a compliment, of a referral when it's, it's you know, my cousin that I've referred or, or a best friend or somebody really important to a person. So um, the word just spreads like wildfire. How many coaches do you have right now? Is there a handful? We have three coaches. Yeah. Uh, Carla is one. I am one. And then we have another coach uh, who started with us at the very beginning who helped establish the program. I remember you uh, mentioning that. Yeah. And uh, her name's Debbie Burson. And same kind of a thing, really worked hard on her own trauma and healing work and now is able to give back to the women also. And tell us a little bit more about the the roles that the volunteers play then. For me, it's always been really, really important that we, I know it's kind of counterintuitive to business, right? You're not supposed, you're supposed to go and find influence and affluence, right, to have on your governing board and to really build your business. But I'm just not that person. So I really thought it would be great if we could have the women who graduated the program, who really felt changed, to come on back and give, give that hand to the next woman. So they do that in a bunch of different ways. They can become a governing board member, which at this point, all of our governing board members are women who've graduated and have come back and serve in that capacity. Uh, We also have a big committee uh, that really runs the program. We call that our Compassion Meets Action Committee. 
And they have so many different roles they play from fundraising to social media to community engagement to donor support. I mean, they're really brilliant, wonderful women. Uh, And then we have other women who want to give back and help and support the organization uh, by donating. And so uh, it's really great. So many of our donors are are women who want to help, even if they don't have that much. Uh, They always want to just do something to give back. Anything to add to that or did she cover that all? No, I think she did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Covering it, yeah. So tell us about the program, and both of you can jump in there and do that. How does the program work itself? You said it's it's 12 months, mm-hmm. and six of those months you're working directly with a transformational coach. So right. tell, us, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> and, sorry, Carla, unfortunately, unfortunately, we have a waiting list because oh, there's, there's so much interest and, and so much desire for it. But they'll find, well, they'll get added to our wait list. And then each semester, we have two semesters a year. So each semester, they have an opportunity to start with their coaching. And then they'll meet with that coach one-on-one. Carla, can you really like speak to that whole experience with what, what they're doing when they're meeting with their coach? From the client perspective? Yeah. Sure. Um, basically, you're meeting once a week with a, with a coach. Um, we have homework assignments type things, uh, worksheets that we work through that are you know, geared towards boundaries and different, you know, different various things. Um, and it's a lot of work. It really is mentally a lot of work and emotionally. I mean, as you know, when you're healing, it's like you've got to open up the wound and clean it out. And so it can be messy and it can be rough at times emotionally, but it's very rewarding, you know, also, at, at, as you know, is at the end. Um, and so it's just, it's just very, I felt very supported I felt very encouraged, and um, I really felt like Brandy was actually my coach, and I felt like she um, was probably like my biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I remember on day one, uh, we just—I just happened to mention that I actually wanted to do something like what she was doing, and not meaning Village of the Valley. And I remember her look; she's like, "Oh, okay, we'll see how that goes," <laughs> knowing in that moment that, yes, she's, you're going to be part of the team. <laughs> no, actually, probably. Oh. That was day one, probably. <laughs> oh, she, she said, can you see that? You'll have to I swivel. Knew. I knew. She's like, I, I knew. You've got to swivel. <laughs> um, okay, so there you go. There's yeah. that portion of it. But but at the same time, you sharing that, thinking, I'm intrigued by this enough that I'd like to do, and you had mentioned you'd always want to do something right. like this. In that moment, the first time I said that, I had no intentions of it necessarily being Village of the Valley. Yeah. I didn't know that, that was an option for me. I just knew that I had a story and I had a healing portion of that story that at the end of the day, if what has happened to me in my past, if any of this can be helped and given back to the world, then that, you know, I don't want to say makes it worth it because in a real world, I'd like nobody to deal with this stuff. But but it, it brings value. It brings value to the world, right? When I can give back. And so I didn't know that. And I remember a couple months in when I was writing down a goal and I was saying that I wanted to do that. It took me a long time to even write it down. And she's like, write it down. And I'm like, okay. But yes, when she asked me if I would be a uh, considerate to be a coach with Village of Valley, it was like, I earned my PhD, yes. <laughs> like, honestly. So it was pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Are either of you willing to talk a little bit about your own journey through the healing process or even before that? How, how did you know? So for our listeners who may have may be very private about what they're experiencing, how do they know it's time to get help? And, and to the degree that you are willing to, share it through the lens that you personally experienced it yourself as well. 
I can speak on that. You've already done a little bit of that. Okay. So I had a lot of childhood trauma. Um, I had a, I had a stepfather who was pretty abusive, um, pretty controlling. And I would say that by the time I was 12, like I really didn't know and understand that my voice mattered, that I was worth um, advocating for, that anything that I said would even make a difference. And so when I was a teenager, then I was also sexually assaulted. So by the time that I was 12, 13 years old, I'd pretty much endured just about every type of abuse that there was. I remember that when this sexual assault happened, my mom did take me to a counselor. Um, and after one session, it was like, oh, yep, she seems to be doing fine. And I didn't understand like what that meant really. Cause I don't like as, as a 12 year old or 13 year old, but as an adult looking back, it's like, how could someone be fine going through that? Right. It just doesn't make sense to me. And so over the years, you just learn to live in your trauma and to live in the coping skills and survival mode. And it was, wasn't until, you know, and I did a really good, pretty good job of it, you know, maintaining until I didn't. People, they deal with their shame and their all of these things in different ways. Some people do drugs. Some people do, you know, drink, uh, become alcoholics. You know, some people become perfectionists, right? I was a perfectionist. And so I thought I was doing like amazing because I was functioning well in the world. But what that really did was just kind of prolong the inevitable because I didn't see, you know, my my coping skills kind of blended with the world, right? And was acceptable to the world. But then things started to pop out. I actually, I laugh about it now, but I became a, a supervisor at my current job. And one thing I'll learn is that when you, or I've learned is that when you're put in a position of authority, like your strengths shine, but so do your weaknesses. And so <laughs> I had a huge authority issue, which is a problem, a huge anger issue, which is a problem, right? And as long as I could isolate myself, that doesn't ever show, right? But when you're in a position of leadership, it shows. And my, my boss basically said to me, I would hate to lose you because you can't control the anger, right? Mm. So I would have outbursts of anger at work, frustration with the, whatever the power structure is whether it be a patriarchy, whether it be what, whatever. And so a lot of shame, a lot of guilt feeling, and a lot of outbursts with, you know, anger, a lot of isolation. And so I went into counseling. I took about a day and a half to, to cry about that and figure out, like, what was I going to do? Did I leave the company? But then I decided to get into counseling. And I did, I think, about four to six months of counseling. And then I did another, you know, like, 12-week program. But what I found was... When the counseling was done, when the 12-week program was done, then I'm like now I know I'm healed enough to know that I don't want to isolate, but I don't know how to go out and not isolate because it's really all I'd ever done. Now I'm aware. Right. <laughs> it's all right here. I don't know what to do with it. Right. Exactly. And so now what? And so then that was the thing that was missing for me with Village of the Valley that I loved so much and why I'm so passionate about it now is, I mean, we're not just the year services, you know, there's, there's year, there's services afterwards for, for a nominal fee, but there's a, like, we have community as well. We do community events. Um, and so if you choose to not be alone, you're not alone. Um, and sometimes it's a choice, you know, we have to make the choice to do something different. And in that moment about, I don't know, eight years ago now, six some years ago, when my boss said that to me, I made a choice to do something different because my old MO would have been just to leave, run, go find another job. Um, but then I just, something I had always said to people is like, wherever you go, there you are. 
sometimes you are the, the center of your world. Yeah, and when you go, you go with you. Your, your trauma <laughs> goes with you, yep. right? And so wherever I was, hmm. I was either going to be have to be happy being stagnant in, in my old self or move on. And so I just chose to move on in my growth. I'm still at the same company, but yeah. so yeah. Thank you. That beautiful story. And I appreciate you just vulnerably sharing and so candidly sharing. Thank you. Yeah. We tend to do that at Village of the Valley. Yeah. We tend to get real candid. We do. (laughs) Real quickly. Yeah. And and in that community, people who maybe are kind of new or or haven't had the opportunity to maybe practice that, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's very helpful for them to hear the stories from other people. Yeah. Uh, That's part of what we do on our very first session. Uh, We give an opportunity for our coach to share a bit of her story and for our client to do the same, creating that safe space between the both of us, building some trust together. Uh, It's real important that our coaches are able to be vulnerable and model that uh, for the clients in, in all the capacities, whether it's the coaching sessions or the groups or what have you, uh, we think that it, it is authentic. We mm-hmm. highly value authenticity. Mm-hmm. Highly value. So you have a wait list right now. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking for additional coaches? Yes. So talk yeah. to us about who's a, who's a good fit and, and how we can help put the word out for that. Well, we've actually got a really big initiative this year. Uh, for excuse me, <clears throat> for 2023, uh, we're working on, uh, it's called the Empowered Life Project. And the goal for this project is to be able to meet a 20% growth. And so what we're doing is really trying to get the word out so that we can begin to get people interested in supporting that growth. We really want more women to be able to access our program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that requires, because we're a nonprofit, it also requires more funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's really exciting. We call it that empowerment project because, you know, empowerment is really this process of, of growing stronger and becoming more confident. And that's so much of our program. Uh, so we're really working this year to, to uh, the committee and the governing board are really focusing in on this initiative so that we can bring in more people and uh, another coach. We've got a gal who's currently going through the program who originally started way back in 2017 sitting down at the table with me when I was building a team and saying, you know, look, I can't do this alone. I need you. And she was one of the five that I had reached out to. And she was in for a while. She had to step away for some personal reason, reasons, but she's come back this year. I love that. Uh, she's going through the program. She's also going and getting her certification right now, her coaching certification. And then she'll be trained in the program Exciting. so that next year she's ready to go. Uh, so, yes, we are always considering how we can uh, meet the demand, meet the need. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how many, you mentioned that you work full time as well. I do. Yes. So, uh, about how many hours? Would a transformational coach with you guys expect to to donate and give their time to? Well, we have uh, Carla at this point. She's got one client on her roster, and then she's bumping that up, I think, to two or three next semester. And my other coach, she has anywhere between between four and six. So it kind of depends um, yeah. on their schedule and availability. Correct. And the yes. demand, too. Okay, yes. that's helpful. Yes. So while, I mean, because it is a 12-month process— there's a there's a length involved in being with a client. There's a time frame yeah. and dedication that you're giving to that. And so 
even though we do have that wait list, we don't try to rush it along just to meet the need. We really care right. about the quality uh, of the program and what we're being able to help women with. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked a lot also about like the one-on-one coaching, but there's also like the workshops that we do and then the book work with the, the support the groups. groups support yeah, groups, right? our support groups run twice a year. They're about uh, 12 weeks in length each. And it's the same kind of an idea, working on general personal growth topics. And then we also offer these workshops three times a year that are five sessions in length. And, you know, this is where that whole community piece comes yes. in. And you can build some relationship, not only, you know, practice your vulnerability, but really build relationship too. It's a real important piece. And to me, you're right. They don't get talked about enough, but they're really, really important uh, for a well-rounded program. Mm -hmm. Hmm. In addition to the initiative that you just spoke to, what else is on the horizon for you guys? Any other big... (laughs) Do you want to talk about your long-term goal of a hotel? Oh, my long-term... Okay. Well, it's the big dream. This is like the the five, 10-year plan, just FYI. You know, we help a lot of single moms. About 25% of our women uh, are single mothers who have children in the home. And... I don't know if you know this, but we've got a terrible housing crisis going on right now. And rent is insane. And they, these women who work full-time jobs often go to school full-time as well and have full-time children uh, are really, really suffering. And I mean, we're, we're talking a thin wall between them and homelessness. It's a serious problem and it keeps me up at night legitimately. So uh, my deep desire is to be able to find an apartment complex or some um, duplexes or something where we can create a whole hub for completely secure, stable housing uh, where their rent isn't going to be high and they aren't going to be kicked out because the rent's going up every year. And we can also offer our services out of there. I know that's a very lofty dream, but I'm know. dreaming it big. Very man. realistic. But what did your me. lofty dream get us? Mm-hmm. That's true. Our lofty dream got us here. So uh, right. we'll just keep dreaming big, I suppose. Look at the coach, coach, and the coach. <laughs> She's so good. I obviously. She's good. I love it. So, how can business owners and executive leaders who are watching or listening? Uh, how can they get involved? Where is the need and and what does that look like? Well, it's really advantageous for business owners to get involved with a nonprofit because it shows that they actually care about the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when clients or customers see that, they take notice and they will choose uh, a business that is doing that kind of work. So we really love to have business partners in the community come forward and either create fundraisers for Votive or figure out a creative way that they can come alongside uh, and help maybe even fund one of the big projects we've got going on. We have a wonderful organization for like the past three years, uh, Booth Build Patio, who's come alongside Votive and just been so wonderful at helping us and supporting us uh, annually. And it's partners like that, those small local companies that really, really want to give back and invest in the community. And Votive is one of the ways they do that. So we would love for business owners to reach out uh, and see how we can partner together with them to get the word out about their desire to pour back into the the people of Arizona. And you've used the word Votive a couple times. That's the acronym for Village of the Valley. It is. And it's so funny because when I read it, I was reading it VOTV, but yeah. I love that it's Votive. Yeah. And Votive actually means a sacred vow. And that just fits right up our wishy squishy <laughs> kind of work we do. <laughs> yeah. And very practical work yeah. too, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Wow. I'm blown away with your dedication, your commitment, and your willingness to use your story Mm -hmm. to help other people, right? I I always, for me, I always say that, you know, there's, I can't, when people say, oh, you're so strong or whatever, I'm like, I can't imagine not taking my trials and tribulations and using them as a force for good. Yes. And and yet many of the people don't have that um, planted on their heart yet. And they've lost hope. And so you you guys are obviously a beacon of hope. How do people get started with the program? You mentioned you're on social media. So where are you on social? We are all over. We're on LinkedIn. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, you name it. You can find us. You can also email us at information at villageofthevalley.org, or you can find us on our website, villageofthevalley.org. There's a contact form on there that you can reach out and even schedule a consultation with a coach. That's the first step. Yeah, and I think Carla had said it earlier. It's that willingness to say, I'm ready. I don't know what that help looks like. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing again, but yeah, for, for, for sure. So there comes a point in time for us, you know, everybody has a situation. Everybody has a story. Those that say they don't have a story um, need to dig a little deeper, I think. <laughs> um, but everybody has a story. And there comes a point in time, you know, it's it's logically speaking, I can say that what happens in our past is our, you know, it is a, affects our future. It, it creates anxiety. It creates all kinds of things. And there just comes a point in time where we have to say, I didn't do this. I didn't break this, but it's my responsibility to fix it. And yeah, that's like, I hope that every person in this world can get to that point where they just realize that it's time to fix what happened, you know, because it just robs you of your joy and of your peace and your creativity. One of the biggest things I learned during my time with Brandy as a, as a client was that we could work on one thing like, you know, boundaries or whatever, but perfectionism. But I used to say I didn't have a creative bone in my body. I just didn't know. Like that was for other people, right? It wasn't for me because I was just too busy trying to live the day-to-day you know, but creativity is huge. And as I've healed, my creativity and my love for creativity and the arts and stuff has completely changed. And I'm constantly trying to push my perfectionism with my creativity, you know. Um, and I never really saw that even coming, right? So there's so much reward that comes from healing that you don't even imagine. You just have to take one step that makes the decision to actually just do something different. Yeah, you don't have to know how, right? That's what I hear you both right. saying. You don't have to know how. You just have to be willing and have mm-hmm. the desire to look outside of yourself for a moment and go, huh, yeah. maybe this is a story that I've been telling myself and I've been a casualty of somebody else's poor decision mm-hmm. and I can make a difference for me first. <laughs> I've also learned that when you make a difference for yourself, you you affect the the community around you, the family around you, you know. Um, I've seen differences in the way that I interact in, with family members, with, with my mom, you know. The things that she says, too, are different than she used to mm-hmm. say. And I, I think that it's because I've emulated, like, advocating for myself that I, you know, since now learning and hearing her advocate for herself, and she's like, I think going to be 75 this year. That's part of the reason I think why we call it Village of the Valley is we're not, we're working with one woman at a time, right? Or a group of women, but the impact is those that are in the house, you know, those that are in the family, it's like those are in the community. So, and I've seen in my own personal experience that. What keeps showing up for me as you're sharing that, Carla, is that, um, when we shift and change who we are, 
for the better, for the greater good. And we love ourselves more deeply because we're willing to forgive and heal and do whatever it takes, right, to make that happen. We also can change the trajectory of our family history. And I feel like, Brandy, you and I talked about that a little bit on on our call when we thought we might come together for this interview. Is there anything you want to share about that? I, I know from my own growth work, part of some of the decisions I've made about boundary setting and having my voice and using the way that I do is so that my kids have me as a model Mm -hmm. and some of the dysfunction that happened in our family previously stops with me. Yes. What would you both add to that? I mean, you you said it perfectly. I, I think that the women we work with, because they do experience authentic change, they can't help but affect everybody else around them. And it, it is immediate in their immediate, their family. I mean, there's times that in coaching sessions, you know, moms begin to turn the light on and say, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this to my own kids now. Oh, gosh, yes. Right? I remember that. Remember that? <laughs> I know still, too. still pops up sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, there's no shame in that. We're acknowledging what's going on so that we can make a shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to hear the stories when they come back and they have made change. You know, it starts, like as Carla said, with one. but the women don't keep it to themselves. It just keeps growing further and further out. And that's proof in the referrals that we get, but uh, also the stories the women come back with, uh, what they're doing to make change for everybody. I use some of the stuff I learn at work too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so it, it definitely is very impactful on the whole community. And I would just like to say that um, we're, women, we're women that work with women, but the impact is much larger than just women in this community. It's just the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so TikTok, LinkedIn, as is it Village of the Valley spelled out for the, the, some of those social media yes. handles? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. very Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and we love to have any, anybody reach out, even though they're just curious yes. about the program. Uh, we always start, like I said, with a consultation, but often it's just getting to really understand what it is we offer. Uh, sometimes, the, no, you know, you're, it's a new thing, so you're not really clear on it. And it's not counseling. It is coaching. And we, we love when women come and they've done some counseling and they want to try coaching. Uh, coaching is, is different in that, you know, we don't get focused in on the past so much. We really are looking at the now and how do we take action to make change to move forward. Uh, and we are using tons and tons of tools and different strategies to be able to do that. Not everything works with everybody. So we find the right ones that will work. Uh, and so I, I would just say, even if you're curious, reach out and let's connect and talk about it and figure out what would be a good plan for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And again, for our business owners and executive leaders, reach out to see where you can lend a hand and be a champion for the work that you guys are doing. That'd be wonderful. That too. would be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Good. So good to be with both of you, you as well. in thank person you. and for the first time. Yes, thank, thank you for you. inviting thank us. You. Absolutely. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Work Center. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean the village. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> thank you.